Welcome into another episode of Grass is Always Greener. I'm your host, Ryan Elke. Uh, a lot to talk about today. Basketball team, competitive versus Iowa, and then recruiting. We're back on that as signing day uh, came and went. Talk about it. Let's let's just get into it. Ready? One, two. Grass is always greener. Here's your host, Ryan Elke. Another episode, Grass is always greener. I am your host, Ryan Elke. Find me on Twitter, Ryan E L underscore Key. You can find the podcast on Twitter, Always Green MSU. Uh, listen, Google, Spotify, Apple, download, subscribe, leave five stars. Um, let's just get into it. MSU, a close loss to Iowa, 84-78 uh, during the week. And Game was better. Granted, it's not a win, but and like granted, as Thomas has said, this is Michigan State, no moral victories, but it was just nice to see a good start from Michigan State. It was also nice to see just some consistent offensive play throughout the game. It's something we haven't seen probably since the Purdue game before the break, so it's been a while since something like that has happened. And I'm not going to sit here and clamor and be like, Michigan State needs needs to beat Iowa. You can't let, like, hey, yeah, like they need to win. They need to win games like that. But also at the end of the day, Iowa is a better team than Michigan State. Luka Garza, without Xavier Tillman, they're defending him. He's pretty much unstoppable. So a game like that, losing, it's like, okay, considering how the game played out, like I'm not – too upset it was a good effort defense was okay again there's not much you can do against Luca Garza when you just don't have the big bodies to go against him I mean Marcus Bingham can help but Bingham gets in quick foul trouble again and Bingham's like 110 pounds so what can you really do against Garza and the team was just tired like I'm not going to make an excuse it's just what happened you, you saw what that team Three straight road games coming after coming off of a almost three week break. Very little practices. Like Blankford, four of sixteen shooting, and two of ten inside the three. The dude is just tired. His legs are tired. And I see Aaron Henry have a nice consistent game, and Foster Lawyer shooting one of seven from three. You hope with having that many open looks that that won't happen again. So. And Iowa is a matchup, though, where Michigan State can play close and can be in to win that game, despite kind of how the tail of their those team seasons are going. It's a nice matchup. Iowa and Purdue play very similar. They work through one inside guy, surround with three-point shooters. Michigan State does a very good job shutting down that three-point shot. They didn't at the early start of Big Ten play. They kind of clamped down on that. And it showed in Iowa, it's just when Luca Garza gets down low, the refs calling a lot of fouls for Iowa down low. 
it's a recipe for disaster and a loss. And we'll talk, I'll talk about the officials right now. Um, granted, not the best officiated game. Free throws were 35 to 15 in favor of Iowa. That's not great. And stuff like that's going to happen, you know, at home against someone like Luca Garza. What I cannot excuse is the garbage of when the ball gets wedged between the rim and the backboard. That's a dead ball. That's day one crap, Big Ten officials. Iowa pokes it out, gets the rebound, puts it back for two. Free two points for Iowa. Later on the game, ball goes up on the backboard, starts rolling. Should be a dead ball. Nope. Iowa gets it. Easy two. A free four points for Iowa. It's stuff like that I cannot excuse from Big Ten officials. Excuse the noise in the background. My youngest son's down here just playing with some toys, so you'll hear some hear some noise as I'm recording this, but it's just elementary school stuff from these officials that they're missing, and that's intolerable. How hard is it to make a very basic call? Because apparently for Big Ten officials, it's damn near impossible. Like, I'm tired of watching college basketball turn into free throw contests because officials, I don't know, I don't know, do they know what they're doing? At this point, I'm going to say no. <sighs> All right, I'm not going to get too heated off of officials again. I've yelled enough about officiating the last two episodes, but it's just frustrating when you tune in and watch a basketball game and you get a free throw contest and, and officials trying to wave to their families. Um, that's coming up. Nebraska Saturday night should be a nice palate cleanser for us. And MSU fans need it. And hopefully I'll build confidence. Get Nebraska, get Penn State. Hopefully you can build up two wins, take on Iowa again. You know you have a decent matchup with the other four versus Iowa. Another thing that where McCaffrey took advantage against Michigan State is that Iowa had a very deep bench readily available, and they threw a lot of fresh legs at Michigan State. Michigan State had a lot of tired legs. So you're hoping in in a week when you face Iowa again that your legs are a little fresher, playing you have a little more confidence that you can you know you can take this team. The game plan is there. The players are there. Get fresher legs under you. I think Gabe Brown should be eligible back for that game. That will help get another three point shooter on that line. Also, Joey Hauser, learn how to play defense without following. Keep your head on a damn swivel. It is so infuriating to just see you lost in the middle of the lane on defense. <sighs> anyway, I will digress. Said hopefully a palate cleanser on Saturday versus Nebraska, 630. Should be nice just, just to see the team get a win. Um, also, this week was uh, National Signing Day Part D, Part 2. And it's not as eventful as the first one. And going into it, Michigan State was hopefully going to have a relatively uneventful day. Only had one commit uh, waiting to sign their letter of intent. One they made a big push for to sign back in November. It just didn't happen. And that was kind of 
kind of what we were all afraid about. It was the four-star D-tackle out of Oak Park, Rayshon Benny. And I even went on this last episode because there was an article in Rivals that said, hey, flip alert, but we really have no evidence of him flipping. Just look out for it. Like, okay. There's no evidence. I haven't really seen anything. Haven't really seen... I don't think I saw crystal balls pop up until Monday. When all of a sudden, like Monday night, there was this like flipping of crystal balls from Michigan State to Michigan. It was like, crap. And then Tuesday morning, they rolled in. Tuesday was signing day. They rolled in more like, oh, nope, he's going to Michigan, going to Michigan. By like 9.15, it was announced or like even before then, they committed to Michigan. And that's when all hell broke loose on Twitter. And I'm just going to start this. Listen, we can be excited about recruits coming to Michigan State. We can be cheering them on. But when a kid decides to decommit from the school and go somewhere else, that's it. Leave it there. Don't get Twitter fingers at the kid. Don't get mad. He moved on. You move on. We don't need people out here tweeting at him. What an awful mistake with this, with, with, with that. He's 17. He is a child. You're a grown adult online. Leave him alone. All right? And this goes for other fan bases tweeting back at fans like, oh, this is what you get. This is why this kid's coming here, not that, blah, blah, blah. Let those, let those guys have their, their Twitter wins. Especially Michigan fans, because as we know, National Signing Day is Michigan's National Championship Day. Because that's all they have. It's recruiting. Then we have Heisman. Then we're third in the Big Ten. And then we got our ass kicked by Ohio State. That's the cycle for Michigan fans. We all know those Michigan fans online, the, the biggest, loudest ones. I always tout recruiting, and then, and then what happens? Yeah, it stinks to lose a four-star. Whatever. Move on. Just get kids in that are coachable and want to be there. And that's the class you have. That's all you can ask for out of, out of recruiting as a fan. Especially football. Basketball, it's a little easier to kind of dictate or guess how a player's going to be because you see them play AU, so they're playing in similar competition. So you kind of get a gauge of what kind of player and what what you can expect from them as a college athlete. Football's a little harder because they don't have that many leagues like that where it's, they're going up against top competition all the time. Unless you're one of the top-tier programs where you're just going – traveling to play these different teams these top teams you're just playing who's there so it's kind of always a bag of gifts because we all know dark was in our jim thorpe award winner was a two-star we know that Le'Veon bell was a borderline three-star if that was scheduled to go to bowling green before michigan state came and picked him up just find kids that want to be there and will listen to coaches, and they'll all perform their stars every single time. That's my little rant on recruiting. And also, one kid I am excited about, only because like, no, I really know nothing about his football 
recruiting. That's Keon Coleman, the, the composite three-star, four-star ranked by 24-7 wide receiver out of Louisiana. I believe he's a highly ranked basketball recruit. Not like, you know, top 10, top 15, but like a decent, like three or four-star basketball recruit, plays guard, keeps seeing I, I follow him on Twitter. Like this kid's exploded this year with points, scoring 50 I think he even had a 60-point game in basketball. Gets the scholarship for football, come on as wide receiver. It's going to be walking on to Michigan State's basketball team, and I just think it's cool, (laughs) plain and simple. I just think it's cool to have another dual-sport athlete back. We all remember Matt Trannon. Um, This kid seems a little more explosive than what Trannon would be uh, just for both teams, just kind of reading into the recruiting a little bit. And it's just it's just awesome to see that. And good get for Mel Tucker. Great get for Tom Izzo because he really, according to Tucker in his press conference, just said, like, hey, Tom Izzo led the way on this one. And, like, no offense, Tucker, as he should. <laughs> like, because Coleman, he stated out very, like, very early in his recruiting process. He goes, I want to play both wherever I go. I want to play football and basketball. Like, I'm not going to settle for one. I want to play both sports. So schools that will let me play both, that's who I'm listening to. So I think he was early committed to Kansas, decommitted from them. Maybe a basketball issue there. Or I think maybe it was when Les Miles took over, he maybe decommitted. I believe all the crystal balls had him going to Tulane, which make a little more sense, a little closer to home can play both maybe easier because not as higher competition but hey coming to michigan state gonna be a spartan dog i'm excited for it excited hopefully he can be a nice key contributor on both both teams so i am pumped for that i'm just excited um ready to get football back because you know basketballs it is what it is right now and also, as on this day, as I am recording, uh, is February 4th. And if you don't remember, uh, it kind of caught me on my phone when I was recording. Um, today's the one-year anniversary of Mark D'Antonio retiring. Now, I don't know about you. I know some state fans are possibly still upset when D'Antonio retired because, yeah, it is February. was that. You know, kind of put Tucker in a bad spot, but all I choose to remember is like, hey, for me, Mark D'Antonio took Michigan State football to somewhere I've never seen it before. He made Michigan State a household name. He put them in national conversations. Yeah, the last few years weren't great, but I'm not going to discredit all of what he did for how he left because what I do remember are the big 10 championships. I do remember the big 10 championship games, the Rose bowl, the cotton bowl, the win and win and win and win and win and win and win versus Michigan to finally like giving Spartan fans a voice in this state. Yeah. Mike Hart running his mouth off like little, little brother. And gave the rallying cry. It's not over. It'll never be over. So 
that's how I choose to remember Mark D'Antonio and celebrate him. One year, retired. Hey, got Mel Tucker. First year, wasn't that great. Throw it off to Tucker or to D'Antonio retiring early, putting Tucker in a bad spot. You can also put it up to, after that, the whole COVID situation to where you can't go recruiting. You can't practice with the, the full team. You can't do this, this, and that. So there's a lot of crutches for, or there's a lot of issues for hurdles. There's the word. Hurdles is what I'm looking for. There's a lot of hurdles for Tucker in his first year. So even if D'Antonio retired at a decent time in December or in early January, there still would have been a lot of hurdles for Mel Tucker to succeed in year one. You know what? Mel Tucker still went out there, beat the shit out of Michigan. So it's good enough in my book right now. But, yeah, happy one-year retirement to Mark D'Antonio. Uh, most wins in Michigan State history uh, with 114-57 record, 69 Big Ten wins. Nice. Uh, three Big Ten championships. I said three Big Ten championship game appearances, including the first ever one against Wisconsin, which I will say is one, even though Michigan State lost, I still say that Michigan State-Wisconsin Big Ten championship game is one of the best football games I have ever watched in my entire life. It was so entertaining. Like, it was such a great game. And then you have, like, you have, like, the Keith Nickel flip over, like, going out of bounds, flip it, gets a touchdown. You have Russell Wilson in that game just doing what he does. I mean, we see him doing the NFL for years now. After watching that game, I could just tell, I was like, whoever drafts Russell Wilson is getting a stud at quarterback. And it's a mistake for teams that pass on him. Look at him now. Then, of course, we had the Keyshawn Martin no punt return because Isaiah Lewis is running into the punter that ended the game. But still, because that same year, Wisconsin Michigan State had hell of a games. Hell, hell of games. As uh, the regular season matchup was was the, the, Ro- the Rocket, that's what it was called. Kirk Cousins, Hail Mary, Keith Nickel. So, great games that year in the first Big Ten championship uh, year. Um, also, yeah, eight and five versus Michigan for D'Antonio. The Rose Bowl win over Stanford. The Cotton Bowl win over Baylor, and getting to the college football playoff. So, year later, here we are. Still thankful. Still. You know, Michigan fans love to come chirp at me about D'Antoni's like, well, he left him in a bad position. I would be pissed. It's like, you're just pissed at your own program right now. Don't project onto me how I'm supposed to feel about D'Antonio retiring. Go worry about your coach actually trying to coach players. Because how is it working out for you right now? So, yeah, Michigan fans... Even though they love to say that all we care about is Michigan, seems like the only thing Michigan fans actually tweet about is Michigan State. It's just how they are. It's like, well, we're not going to poke fun at Ohio State because they're our daddy. 
Um, so we're going to try to poke fun at Michigan State, even though we know it won't go well because we really have nothing to claim it off of, especially with our current coach whose best accomplishment is a tied Big Ten East Division T-shirt that hangs up in Schembechler Hall. So, you can tell I've been a little irritated by Michigan fans this week, just online and everything. So, but it is what it is. Happy for D'Antonio, again, on this day, February 4th, one-year retirement. Um, but that'll be it for this episode of Grass is Always Greener. I want to thank you again for listening. Again, subscribe, Apple, Google, Spotify. Uh, find me on Twitter, Ryan, E-L underscore key. Find the podcast, Always Green MSU, Saturday night, 6.30 against Nebraska. Let's get that dub. Let's go. As always, go green. Ready? One, two. another episode of grass is always greener make sure you subscribe apple google or spotify why not all three